I was dog sitting at my parents' house when I was watching this, uh-huh. and it took me a long time to watch it because a police officer knocked on the door of my parents' house. <gasps> what? And asked if there was a gas leak in the house. Some jogger or whatever reported it, and then like the entire fire department came, and the national grid came. So it took me a really long time to watch this. Spoiler, it's fine. You don't have to say to that jogger. What? Jillian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. This is why we don't jog. Also, mind your own goddamn business. This is a whole day of work that I couldn't get done because I was dealing with the police and the national grid and the fire department. Uh, you guys, before we get to the show, let's really enjoy this time of me not having 10 live shows to tell you about. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, You guys, get in the Patreon if you want more Jillian and me. Lady it's, Pates. It, Lady Pates. We just started the Lacey Peterson documentary. Oh, my God. Girl, I, I, I've got a lot of conflicting emotions on this one. Well, yeah, I'm going to wait. Okay. That's on, that's on brand for you. I, yeah, right? <laughs> I am going to wait. Okay. <laughs> You can also hear our episode-by-episode coverage of Serial Season 1. Lorena, The Jinx, The Staircase. Oh, oh! 20 episodes of Making a Murderer. What? (laughs) Remember? Madeline McCann. Madeline McCann. Remember Making a Murderer? I know. We did 20 episodes. The Casey Anthony documentary. That Mm. one was bonkers. Yeah. You guys, there's also ringtones. There's the after party. You guys, just a quick note about the after party. Like, we oftentimes talk about things that we've done, like live shows, and we play clips from them. Yeah. We did that for, if you want to hear pieces of the Pride show, listen to that episode of the after party. It's not just us always sitting and talking. Sometimes it is, but I I usually put in clips of the things we're talking about. Yeah, totally. Super fun times. Yeah. Sometimes we just hang out. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it's really like you're at an after party and we're just chatting, talking about our lives. It's true. And that's fun too. It is. You know, corner table. I love, I love our little spot at the after party. It's true. The music is always the best. And I don't like unsy unsy stuff, but when it's after party kind of 70s vibe, I can, I can dig it. Unsy unsy stuff. That's my drag name. As she takes a sip. Oh, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about screwball. Listen, it's all about the sports. There's so much sports. Nobody checked in on me to see how I was doing. No, because it's really well made. It's, it's about the doping so scandal. Good, you guys, this documentary is so so it's really good. good. It's really good. Really. I mean, really, I'm talking about the sports, you guys, and it's such a good documentary. Yeah. Yeah. There's a saying, never meet your heroes because they'll break your heart. From the moment I remember, I wanted to be a baseball player. It was the American dream. I got kicked off the team for smoking weed. It was a disaster. My plan was go into medicine. What is Florida about? It's about vanity and sex. It was a perfect place for the anti-aging movement. Especially down here in Miami, everyone wants things now, now, now. There's almost no regulations. You'd have people who pretended to be doctors given all types of medical advice. He had a white lab coat that said Dr. Tony Bosch. He had a stethoscope around his neck. Yeah, I assumed he was a doctor. Manny was the first VIP client. Within weeks, his focus was much better. He felt a lot quicker. This guy says, yeah, my cousin's in the Yankees. That was an A-Rod. He says, I want whatever Manny was taking. I had a true believer right away. You know, seven days after he started my program, he went ahead and in one game, he hit three home runs. And he said, I'll give you an extra 150 grand a year if you give me an exclusivity. I said, for 200, you got a deal. Listen, each home run costs money. 
It was just an absolute clown show. Get rid of steroids now. This is my whole life, my legacy. You tell me why I should serve one inning. Tony Bosch is not a doctor. Tony Bosch is a drug dealer. Coke addict, bad son, bad father, bad brother, bad everything. What can you tell us about that? No comment. He's lucky he's not in the canal anywhere. This guy's connected. A lot of people involved. Don't do this. You're going to get killed. So I got my nine millimeter. For every sleazy thing Major League Baseball did in trying to pay witnesses, threatening people to cooperate, A-Rod and his crew were doing almost the exact same thing. He pretty much can forget the Hall of Fame. It was almost like, hey, Mom, I made it to the big leagues, but in a different way, you know? <laughs> you can't make this up. Look, we gotta say, this documentary opens, it's just insanity from second one. Well, let me also just, someone's gotta say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Florida. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so Florida. It's so, and we'll get into the ways, we will enumerate the ways it's so Florida, <laughs> Florida as we go. All. But like this documentary opens and it's just crazy. Like there's this guy is like screaming at the camera. He's telling a story. We're seeing a reenactment that's all like little kids. I thought maybe it started in the middle of it. I know, me And I was too. like, oh, is this? And I'm like, oh, nope. The timestamp says zero <laughs> seconds. And we're just some guy, some like beefy guy uh-huh. is screaming at us about how he services tanning beds at the tan salon <laughs> so I go in there and I get the spray tan I come back out and Gary's in the lobby hey oh how does it smell oh the color looks fantastic hey how did, doesn't the color look fantastic blah, blah, blah. hey you know what that's great I'm gonna go give it a try so I go running back into the salon and I yell to the girl I said call 911 call 911 and I went back to the room and I'm banging on the door I'm like Gary get out of here I've been robbed and he's like what and I'm like somebody broke into my car took all my shit took everything this we're just being screamed out about tanning salons we realize instantly that all the reenactments in this documentary are done by kids how how ingenious is that i'm talking oversized suits fake mustaches (laughs) fake tans because again lots of tanning happening fake tattoos fake Uh muscles and like it's ridiculous and a little on the nose because this documentary is about dumb men acting like children (laughs) and it could if it was done a different way it would be like really kids playing Uh men acting like kids but i loved it it totally worked for me i thought it was hilarious never got old and the thing about it too is that these little kids these like 10 year old little boys are doing like the guy who's telling the story has like obviously done that part first so these kids are mouthing the words it's like drunk history yes exactly but these 10 year old kids are doing it perfectly the kids in this are really unbelievable yeah i feel like they're the unsung heroes of this documentary but we're gonna change that we're about to change (laughs) we're gonna sing kids what is great with these kids today So the movie really opens in 2007 at the Ritz-Carlton in Key Biscayne. Sure. So we meet this guy, Tony Bosch. I was living in a hotel room at the Ritz in Key Biscayne. It was private. I was looking for privacy. You know, I was going through the separation, through the divorce, and it was an emotional time. It was a time of decisions. Tony Bosch. <laughs> Remember how I said, it's just so Florida? <laughs> Tony Bosch Mm -hmm. is so Florida, it hurts. Another thing this documentary does that I love, that we've been asking for, is we get a lot of information on the person right away. So they do this cool graphic where we meet someone and then it's like a cool baseball card. Like they're very on brand. And then like on the back of the baseball card, it has like their stats or their information. So he's a biohacker, biochemist, molecular medicine specialist, all of these things. Did you see the asterisk? They all have an asterisk. I was like, what is that asterisk going to say? I'm like, I know it's going to be something funny. The asterisk says self-proclaimed. So this guy's an idiot. (laughs) 
right? Yeah, totally. Okay. He's telling us this story about how he overhears these dude bro bartenders at like the Ritz Carlton talking about their like regimen of like basically doping, of like taking steroids at the gym. And then so Tony's like the worst person in the bar because we we were both bartenders oh, who like my has God. to insert himself in a conversation he wasn't having and then be a know-it-all about it. <laughs> One day, I was sitting at the hotel bar, like I did probably at 3 or 4 o'clock every day, drowning my sorrows, and I overheard the bartender speaking with the other bartender, and they were discussing how they work out in the gym and what they use in the gym and how equipoise is better than Winstrol or how to take steroids, growth hormone, and performance-enhancing drugs. Listen, with... Uh, with all due respect, I don't want to get involved in your business, but I think you're doing that a little wrong. Whether you're a bartender or a patron, that's the worst dude in the bar, other than the one that women always have our eye on because uh-huh. we don't want to be uh-huh. assaulted uh-huh. by them. Other than that, <laughs> this, this guy, is the second worst guy. Like, in the oh bar. no, 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 no! Let, let me uh, let me give you some advice. He's also talking about how like he starts his day drinking at like three or okay. four. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> nope. not no judgment stones. <laughs> So he he's talking about how like through these bartenders he meets their girlfriends and their girlfriends friends and this is how he starts what he's calling an anti-age business. Yeah, he literally takes a cocktail napkin and writes this regimen. Yeah. It all has to do with like low dosage of illegal things based on the time of day yeah. and all this stuff. So then their girlfriends and it's kind of like a pyramid scheme where it's like they tell a couple people, they tell a couple exactly. people. Yeah. So really at the end of the day, I I I acquired my first clients at a bar at the Ritz. That's really the origin story of me in Miami starting my anti-aging clinic. But it's also like, look, I'm not going to go crazy about this like I wanted to when I was watching it. We learn a million times over that Florida, where he lives, Uh. is like the anti-aging business capital of the world. Okay. Because it's full of people who are narcissists, who are self-obsessed. Anti-aging, guys, we just age. It's just a fact of life. Right. But it's so funny because they say that, right? But then it's also known as the place where people have, what, like their third act or whatever it is. Like all the old people go down to Florida because they don't have to deal with shoveling their front walks uh-huh. in Queens. But we also find out that it's also like, and we know this from Facebook, that it's like full of people who have been arrested in three other states. Right. And they're like, I'm going to make a real new go I'm of it I'm going to start Florida. a new yeah. in Florida. Give me a break. I've seen cops. It all happens in Dade County or whatever. So then we meet Tim Elfrank. Uh-huh. And he's from the Miami New Times. He's a managing editor. He stays with us. He is sort of the voice of reason here. Tony Bosch has a really typical Miami Cuban-American story that's also pretty extraordinary in its own ways. Literally wrote the book about this whole situation. Right. So he tells us about Tony's parents. And so Tony's parents were both doctors. His grandfather was uh- <laughs> the most famous anti-Castro terrorist in Miami. Uh-huh. Dr. Orlando Bosch served four years in jail here for the late 60s bazooka attack on a Polish ship in the port of Miami. The word bazooka is used? That's all I'm saying. Not yeah, 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 yeah. I want to say this about Tony's parents because this is a thing that's really hard to do that Tony does not do. They became doctors somewhere else and then came here and became doctors here. The license doesn't transfer. You have to like basically do medical school again. Tony's parents did that. Right, right, right. So they're great, smart people. Mm-hmm. They give birth to this guy, Tony. We get his whole high school backstory about like, he goes to this high school that where all these like famous baseball players come from and A-Rod went there. I wanted to be a baseball player. You know, who, what kid didn't want to be a baseball player, you know, and play for the Mets? These guys were like my heroes, you know, growing up. I started playing baseball in uh, Christopher Columbus High School. 
Miami. It's an all-boys private Catholic school. Alex Rodriguez. He went there too. He was an A-Rod back then. He was just Alex Rodriguez. Tony got kicked off the baseball team because he was like smoking weed. He was like just a, a stoner loser. Right. So he's like, you know, after high school, figured I'd just get into the family business. It's not an accounting firm. No. You know, it's not something that you can just kind of go into. Right. The family business is medicine. Yeah. You have to go to school. Right. And so our journalist friend yeah. says that like this guy Tony just did not have the intelligence to do that in America. No. And he literally, <laughs> like, he's like, he couldn't hack it at the American school. No! The American medical school. So he goes over to Belize. Belize is the only English-speaking country in Central America. That's why I chose Belize Medical College. That program was a three-and-a-half-year program. You could obtain your doctor degree in allopathic medicine, which basically means, you know, um, MD, medical doctor. The Belize School of Medical and Performing Arts, I believe is the actual title. Uh, let's just say it doesn't meet typical U.S. standards for a uh, medical school. So Belize... I learned something new today. What'd you learn, sweetheart? So Belize is the only English-speaking Central American country. I did not know that Belize was like an English-speaking country. Okay. They say that. Great. But apparently, you can go to the medical school in Belize and get your MD in three and a half years. Well, the medical school in Belize also has the words performing arts in the name. <laughs> was that a joke or was that real? I'm good. I need it to be real. I, <laughs> I know that this movie doesn't need any uh -huh. anything else more ridiculous but I'm just gonna uh -huh. because even our friend Tim is like let's just say it doesn't meet the typical US standards uh -huh, uh -huh, and I'm like uh -huh. Tim I see exactly what you're saying exactly and then Tony's like you know I was uh, I was really inspired by uh, Ponce de Leon <laughs> and the Fountain of Ute and I'm like <laughs> what? Ponce de Leon? what? Uh -huh. are you talking about? Because he's saying like, look, I knew I could come to Florida and like be a total doctor dirt hack. <laughs> dirtbag. Exactly. Let's call it what it is. We don't say that word enough. I love the word dirtbag. Oh, let's totally put it in the rotation. We <laughs> now I'm going to say it 15 times this yeah. episode. Florida was known for Ponce Leon and the Fountain of Youth. And so it was very fitting to, you know, open up here in Miami what is Miami about? What is Florida about? It's about vanity and sex. It was a perfect place for the anti-aging movement. The thing is, this anti-aging thing really yeah. explodes in Florida. Also, because there are no laws. They say so. Remember way early in the pod, we totally. were talking about how, like, no rules Florida? Yes, yes. They say, like, for real. <laughs> the reason is because there's no regulation about the poison and chemicals and weirdness you can inject into somebody's body. It's true. <laughs> True. Florida became the anti-aging capital of the world because of the laws in the anti-aging industry. There was no laws. There's almost no regulations, so anyone can open one of these clinics, even someone as unqualified as Tony Bosch. All you need is a piece of paper on the wall from a performing arts school, <laughs> and you can inject whatever into somebody else with, and like pretend like this is a vial of your hopes and dreams, uh -huh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. put it in their lips and face, and God. it's going to be okay. No. We meet this guy, Jerome Hill. He, he's, a, he's the Department of Health, but he yeah. tells us something really important about Tony. Yeah. Anthony Bosch was portraying himself as a medical doctor by giving people anti-aging supplements, testosterone, um, your HGH, and so on and so forth, which he was not licensed to do here in the state of Florida or in any other state in the union. 
Tony is walking around in a white lab coat. That says Dr. Tony Idiot, whatever his name is. Uh-huh. He is not a licensed doctor. No. So whatever he got in Belize does not mean that he is a licensed physician in Florida. That shit doesn't transfer. No. You know how like in Belize it takes three and a half years to become a doctor? In America it takes like 20 years. And he knows as much because he's getting his dad and all these people to loan him their prescription pads. So here's the thing. This was so eye-opening. This journalist guy tells us that all of these doctors, these real legitimate doctors will retire in Florida and like to make extra money they will rent out their prescription pads. And what that means is that they'll be like the quote head doctor or whatever of your clinic. They'll like be on the board or on the website or whatever. Yeah and so then they can give you their prescription pad. You can write prescriptions on their pad for the shit you know nothing about what you're prescribing. We had a prescription pad from one doctor uh, who died while the clinic was operating and was continued to be listed as a medical director for years after his death. I thought he was still alive. And yeah, but yet, and, and then and then the other, his partner told me, no, he, he died, so I'm, I'm writing the prescriptions from now on. How is that legal? Florida, because Florida. <laughs> Florida, sorry, you're going to get it real hard in this one. Let me say this right now about Tony Bosch, in yeah. case you haven't caught on. He is completely full of shit. And he's going to bullshit us this entire movie. He's lying from the beginning. Yeah. And he truly doesn't think he did anything bad. He's like, honestly, it was Florida, quite frankly. I could have, whatever. Like, he has convinced himself uh-huh. he will justify everything he says. So it's you true. can't take anything he says. You have to take it with like, about like eight pounds of salt, give or take. Eight pounds, yeah. So Tony is the one who's telling us about like the doping scandal in baseball. As a baseball fan, I was definitely following what was going on with doping in baseball. Over a 20-year period or so, there were dozens of players that all of a sudden started hitting 50, 60, even 70 home runs in a season. Baseball players now look like superhuman fake people. Yes. Like, they don't look like Babe Ruth. When you guys Babe look- Ruth was like a fat drunk guy. Yeah. And, and we all- know his name. I know. But, like, he was the greatest baseball player of all time. He weighed 700 pounds. He was 95 years old. He, 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 he had my dream life of just, like, eating cheeseburgers and drinking all day. <laughs> And getting famous for it. I like, know, what? I know. It's the it's so fucking weird. That's what baseball used to be. <laughs> a great the American pastime. Take me out of that ball game. Look, um, like baseball players didn't used to look like they look now. Right. So it's very obvious if you just use your eyes <laughs> and pay attention that like it's a thing. So like a hundred mile an hour fastballs and this like the home run races. Like yeah. this was happening for a really, really long time. And the Major League Baseball, whatever, just didn't want to look at it because it gets them more tickets, more attention. It's just like fun for everybody, so they say, but it's really actually incredibly detrimental. Exactly. So now we meet Manny Ramirez. So Tony is telling us that somebody comes to him and says, Hey, I'm working with this person. He's a It's all very player. vague. It's all very vague. In 2007, a baseball agent came to me and he was talking about a client of his. The way he put it was, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. He can't even pick up a bat and put it on his shoulders. You know, he's tired all the time. He's not the same ball player that, that, that he was before. I took a look at all his blood work. The testosterone levels were at levels of of a 90-year-old man. I said, all right, you know, this guy obviously needs, uh, you know, some type of testosterone therapy. Um, You want to tell me who it is? He told me, yeah, it's Manny Ramirez. I don't know. Maybe Manny's body is telling him he should get out of the field. He had $100 zillion in the bank. Maybe sit down and have some water and relax. Retire. Kick your feet up. 
Yeah, good call. I mean. So Tony puts him on a testosterone therapy regimen. Oh, God. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And like within minutes, Manny Ramirez is like batting a million. Back to the old Manny. Right. He can like see the stitching on the ball as it's being pitched. Whatever. At him. <laughs> I'm talking about the sports. Are you so proud of me? I am. Thank I you. am. I kind of can't I believe it. Ball and pitching and stitching and I'm doing a really good job. Well, stitching. <laughs> I'm pitching. Mm. (laughs) And balls. (laughs) (laughs) My back hurts. Oh my God. That's the dirtiest joke I've ever heard you make. So Tony is now traveling with Manny Ramirez. To give him steroids. Like, let's yeah. be clear about this. Right, Like, exactly. to give him drugs. And he's like, look, uh, Manny was the first VIP client I ever had. <laughs> Tony is saying this to us, to camera. These are not old interviews. This is Tony today with the palm trees waving in the background. Totally. He's still in Florida being garbage. Totally, Let's totally. just yeah, call yeah, yeah. it what it is. And we are learning that Manny Ramirez was kind of a weirdo. <laughs> Aren't they always? To- I know. And Tony just says that, like, Manny Ramirez really needed bedtime stories. And didn't like sleeping alone in, in hotel rooms. Which, if you're traveling all the time, I'm not going to shade him for that. Not only did he, he like to sleep by himself, but he wanted a good bedtime story. I found myself at, in, at a couple of times sleeping in the, in the in the same room next to him, you know, on, the, on a different bed, and obviously, and uh, and speaking to him until he fell asleep. The worst part about this is that Tony completely no homos the situation. I know. Where he's like, yeah, I mean, I would uh, I would uh, be in a room with him and I'd like uh, tell him the bedtime stories and we'd be together at like bedtime. I mean, in, in different beds, obviously. obviously. Tony, we get it, girl. And Tony's like, also, by the way, I was never introduced as the doctor. I was always the publicist or the PR right. person. I'm like, also, you weren't a doctor? Right. So no one should be introducing you as that to begin with, girl. Exactly. So the thing is, though, like, now Manny Ramirez, like the home run count, jumps like 20 within a year. Because he's doping. Right. But that means people will pay him more money to be on their team. This is all about a money grab because they know in their heart of hearts, they're going to get caught eventually because they're being tested for it. Exactly. So Manny Ramirez gets a two-year contract worth $45 million. That's insane. For the baseball. That's insane. I know. So now we're in 2009 and it comes out that Alex Rodriguez, also known as A-Rod, was doping. And so Manny Ramirez is questioned about it on TV and he's like, what was your reaction when you heard Alex Rodriguez admitted to using performance-enhancing drugs? I don't know. I was just enjoying myself, playing the game, and I wasn't playing any mind to that. Has anyone ever approached you anytime during your career about using... No. You were never tempted? No. I don't know anything about this. I just play the game. Like, this is ridiculous. And he's asked outright, and he denies ever being approached about it. I don't need... Wait, what are you talking about? What is this doping you speak of? Like, just totally playing dumb. So then cut to, of course, right on cue, a few weeks later, again in 2009, Manny, what does he do? He tests positive, and he's suspended for 50 games. Obviously. Right. And, and Tony, the doctor who's giving him the dope, is like, yeah, there was a thing where he was only supposed to like take a little dose of things on a day off to balance his testosterone, and he made a mistake, and he took it on a game day. And the whole thing, he's just playing dumb. He's like, I was told to see a doctor. I didn't know I was taking anything wrong. Like, I'm sorry. Just totally playing dumb. Exactly. So Tony is like really afraid that he's going to like get raked over the coals. But then we learn that like Michael Jackson dies, Farrah Fawcett dies. On and the same day, remember? Was it the same day? Yep. 
Oh, yep. God, what a, yeah. what a day. And so Tony's story gets like kicked to the back pages and Tony's lawyer tells him like, girl, lay low for this a while. Is it's going to blow over. And my lawyer, you know, says, listen to me. I think we could salvage all this. And, and actually you could benefit from this. And so he told me lay low. And after you lay low, uh, your business is going to explode because you were Manny's guy. Sure enough, for a couple of months, I laid low. I came back and, and business boomed. When word gets out that you're Manny's guy, yeah. everyone's going to come to you. I'm like, these guys are such idiots. $45 million isn't enough. And that this is the thing that it just took me a while to get through my head, was that he's saying, like, Manny got busted. And so that's the reason everyone thinks that this guy's going to be in trouble. So my brain is like, why would anybody come to him? And the whole point is, nobody cares. Nobody cares. They all know they're going to get busted eventually. Yeah. They just want the records now. They want the money now. Right. It's not about not getting caught. It's just about how much you can do between now and getting caught. And then we learn because it's the anti-aging capital of the world yeah. that it's not just athletes it's real estate people it's civilians he had the police special this is the part that really killed me he was also providing this stuff to high school athletes this is the thing I know. that really made me crazy because it's like if these dumb grown adult athletes who like zillions of dollars wasn't enough yeah. and they needed the stats they're making their choices yeah. but we learned that parents garbage garbage parents and coaches and coaches are bringing these high school kids to Tony's so that they can ensure that they will be scouted when the scouts come to this like super famous high school for their future. When you start administering to high school teenage kids that are not adults, now all of a sudden you have absolutely crossed a line. And that's, uh, and especially if you don't have a medical license. And this is such garbage. It's it's so horrible because it's like the uh, the kids who aren't doing this, like the really good, healthy kids, don't stand a chance. Right. And then it makes me feel like such an, an old timey person where it's like, <laughs> remember the good old days when you'd hear that like that like crack of the wooden bat and oh man, every the peanuts were there and the popcorn and hey, bada bada bad like whatever happened to the good old game, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know? So then we meet this guy Oogie, not his real name Oogie. <laughs> so he's a black market testosterone dealer. Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> nope. Oogie was a convicted criminal. He knew guys who had drugs around Miami, and he basically became Tony's black market source. We, we were consuming so much product that at times I had to go to the black market to purchase these products, and I would purchase it from Oogie. Oogie would get his drugs from a Brazilian guy in Kendall, which is a suburb of Miami, who would basically concoct testosterone in his garage. That was a big source for Oogie. He was a resourceful guy. He was sort of your your typical street dealer who could get what you needed if you couldn't find it. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions about testosterone. Like, is it a thing that you actually have to draw out of a man's body, or can you create it? Uh, no, you can create it, because according to Oogie and this guy Yuri, who we're going to meet in a minute, uh-huh. and Tony, people were making testosterone in their garages. That doesn't sound safe, you guys. Like, that doesn't sound safe. What do you make in your garage? Meth, testosterone. <laughs> if you're creating something in a garage in Florida, it's probably not good. So now, this is the story of him meeting A-Rod, blah, blah, blah. He has 16 people who are like, I have a client. Ahem, ahem. Yeah. My cousin wants to meet with you. And I went to Tampa. It was a boutique hotel in Tampa. He knocked on the door, and when the door was open, it was uh, it was A-Rod. It was Alex. So he, like, goes into this hotel room, meets A-Rod, and the first words out of A-Rod's mouth are, I want whatever Manny was taking. Also, remember, we have the most unreliable narrator. Right. <laughs> possibly could have for this story. Uh-huh. But I do believe that A-Rod said that. 
even if he didn't say those words, he was like, I want the money. I want the numbers. I'm going to get caught eventually. I don't care. Yeah. Give me it. Put the poison in me. I want it. So Tony walks us through how much money he was getting paid by these people. Yeah. So the down payment for A-Rod was $80,000. And then it was $12,000 a month in cash. And A-Rod's like, okay, girl, look, I want 800 home runs. That's the number I want. Uh What is it going to take? And so what they land on is that A-Rod is paying him the $12,000 a month plus $200,000 a year to ensure that Tony won't work with anybody else. Yeah, exclusivity. Give me a break. But wait, can we also talk about, once again, Tony describes A-Rod as weird? My experience uh, with, with Alex, I guess I got to summarize it as, he was weird. He was like, my relationship with Alex, it was... <laughs> I gotta tell you something. It was weird. In a word, it was weird. Because he says, like, Alex had this all-white apartment, and I was thinking about you and our OJ coverage on the Patreon, because there's all these scenes in the OJ stuff with with OJ has all the TVs on, blaring about, like, his news coverage. Uh A-Rod had the exact same thing. But it was his glory days playing. Totally! And it's just like somebody had to edit that together for him. Another thing I was horrified by, which I think you as a gay man would also appreciate, he has this, like, beautiful apartment on the west side Uh in Manhattan, and everything is white. The whole entire apartment was white. I'm talking about even the wooden floors. I thought it was just, it was just too white. That monster painted (laughs) over these beautiful hardwood floors. He painted them white. I really have no room in my gay heart for that. I really like, don't. I know. You guys, to get like beautiful hardwood floors in Manhattan. It's very hard. So now we get this story about, once again, Tony is traveling the world with A-Rod now. Right. And so we get this insane story about how he would just inject A-Rod anywhere. Gas stations. Gas stations. <laughs> There's this one story where he had to inject A-Rod at a nightclub. Alex had gotten two tables and I was at one of the tables with Oogie. Everybody was bouncing up and down. And the reason this scene is so great in the movie is because he's telling the story and in the visual, it's all these little kids, these like 10-year-old kids acting it like out. Like unsaying. They're unsaying and they have these like 10-year-old girls that look like Daisy doing bottle service. I know. <laughs> dressed, dressed appropriately. Totally. But still you know that they're like club girls. If you've ever seen like a nightclub service in Manhattan where you order a oh. bottle, they come out with sparklers. They have it up over their head. <laughs> and then these 10-year-old girls walking through this like fake club with these sparklers and like bottles of crystal. It is so, it's so well done. Also another throwback, nothing about that is appealing or fun. No. So now we're learning that Tony wants to turn this, what he does, into a franchise. And so we get this long section about tanning. Yeah, because Florida's going to Florida. So now we're in like the tanning salon franchise world. Oogie was a partner in Boca Tanning. Oogie comes to me and says, listen, I want you to meet these guys. They have a bunch of tanning salons called Boca Tanning. We could create like a spa feel to this. And there's room in all these tanning salons. And so... They, they want to talk to you about creating maybe a pilot program. The thing that I love, my favorite statistic about this movie was that Florida is literally called the Sunshine State, yet it has more tanning booths per capita than anywhere else in the country. I thought that was ridiculous. Why? Somebody from Florida explain it to me. Also, I have to say, I'm going to get on my soapbox again. Tanning is so incredibly bad for you. It's so bad. It like is cooking your body insides from the outside. Uh, it's just, <laughs> don't sit in those beds, you I guys. Know. It's so bad for you. It also just never looks good like you just look orange it always looks orange also i grew up on cape cod which i'm imagining has like one less tanning booth than florida it's like the exact same thing i don't get it i know we opened up a pilot office at uh at boca tanning the pilot program was called boca body and that's where i met porter fisher 
for the first time also. We're preaching to the wrong crowd right now because Porter Fisher. My vice happens to be tanning and that's something I enjoy doing. The vitamin D, the warmth on your body, no matter how I feel when I walk into a tanning salon, if I spend some time in front of the bulb, I always feel better. And you try different lotions and your skin feels soft, dark. Everything about it is built to make you feel better about yourself. And you do. This guy, Porter Fisher, is with us for the rest of the movie. Porter Fisher, we we met him at the beginning when I thought I yes. I started the movie in the middle for some reason because uh -huh. some meathead was screaming at me about tanning. Porter Fisher. So I tweeted today that all throughout all, like all of our episodes, we talk about hot dummies. I'm coining a new phrase. It's sweet idiot. This guy this is guy such is the a most sweet naive. idiot. <laughs> I mean, I but he's, he's like, you know, uh, you know, I like spending time in front of the bulb. <laughs> so he's a regular. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I was kind of like Norm from Cheers at the end of the bar. I'd walk into the Boca tanning place. And they'd be like, hey. <laughs> and part of that makes sense because this tanning place was run by these two like wise guys from New York <laughs> who wanted to start a new life for themselves yep. down in Florida, the Carbone Brothers. And we learned that they wanted to start a new life when their police academy dreams didn't come true. Somebody decided that these two knuckleheads couldn't be cops. Look, they give wise guys from New York a real bad name is all I'm saying. Wise guys. Wise guys. So now like these wise guys are mad that other tanning salons are opening up and they want to kill people because of it. There was uh, another tanning salon company that had bought up a couple of uh, Boca tanning clubs outside the city. And Peter told me, he's like, yeah, if these people come down here, that's the kind of stuff that gets you killed. And I was like, I know, that'll probably piss you off. He's like, no, no, you have no idea. When you're fucking with a man's family and their food and their business, that shit gets you killed and gets you killed quick. Because they're going to 100 and they're like, yo, these other tanning places are opening up. They're messing with our family and our food. We're going to kill them. And I'm like, it's just tanning. They did say our family and our food. This is what I hate about that. Like, just like not all Italians, you guys. Like, don't worry about uh -huh. it. Also, don't go to the state that has the most tanning places per capita uh -huh. if you're threatened by other tanning places opening up. But the thing is, this anti-aging place, this like whatever Tony's doing, yeah. is now in these tanning salons. Right. So he's opened up like a franchise called Boca Body. So Porter goes to see Tony and like Porter is just like a sweet dummy and Tony's like, oh, this guy Porter, he was so needy. I walked in the door to Boca Body and there's Tony sitting behind a desk. He had a white lab coat that said Dr. Tony Bosch. He had a stethoscope around his neck. Yeah, I assumed he was a doctor. Sweet dummy Porter was literally like, yeah, he was wearing a lab coat with his doctor name on it and a stethoscope. Yes, I thought he was a doctor. I mean, obviously, it's not like you can just buy that. Oh, wait. <laughs> right, right, like, right. So then Tony's like, now again, two reliable narrators and their right. stories are conflicting. So we're, who knows? <laughs> but according to Porter, Tony is bragging to Porter about he's the guy who's giving everyone these anti-aging drugs. Porter's just like, he was like, he wants to lose weight. And so like Tony gives him a thing and he feels good. And then, and then bada boom, bada bing, Tony closes all of these locations in the tanning salons. It just doesn't work out for whatever reason. I really, really appreciate the effort, but it's bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> You gotta reverse it. <laughs> Tony goes and opens a company called Biogenesis. Yes. So Porter, this guy Porter, this sweet idiot Porter, Ugh. who just like wants to keep losing weight, tracks Tony down. He goes in and like makes an appointment with Tony. He sits down and Tony's like, girl, what do you want? And he's like. And just off the top of my head, I said, well, I'd like to look like Sylvester Stallone. He goes, yeah, we can make that happen. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, we can make that happen. We'll just change the protocol. Sly. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Tony's like, okay, girl, we can do that. Like, okay. And the thing is, like, again, these two unreliable narrators. Like, according to Tony, it was like, this guy just wouldn't leave me alone. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Tony wants every client there is. You know, it's totally. just like, Tony, shut up. But this is also where we start to hear Tony saying, like, girl, I had over 300 clients. I couldn't oversee everything. Right. Oh, and by the way, I had a $10,000 a week cocaine habit. Yeah. Oh, P.S. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, again, because Florida. Right. Exactly. Because Miami. You know, Miami still has that mentality of the 80s and the cocaine cowboys and the wild, wild west. Figured I made it this far. I can make it the rest of the way without getting caught. This whole section is so crazy because sweet dummy Porter, he like loves Tony. He loves his business. He's seeing real results and he's just like as a good, sweet idiot. He just wants to help. Hey, I could really help this guy blow this business up. Hey, I'm a walking billboard for how well this guy does his job. So uh-huh. he's like, this guy, Tony, he's got this great business model, but he's not advertising. Why is that? There's no signage. <laughs> it keeps cutting back to the reporter who's like, he's just a drug dealer. Right. And then like more and more people are as tony says pissing positive i know uh, he's like, oh, Milky Cabrera, you know, it's just positive. What uh-huh. do do? So now Tony, like, is trying to, like, oh, shit, like, ooh, ooh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. collar is a little tight. <laughs> and he's not taking any new clients. He no. dropped all the athletes. So at the same time, Porter's like, but you're my passion. Right. You injecting drugs into me is my passion. I want to be your ambassador. Like, please. And any other business in the world. I know. If someone was like, I want to do this for free. I just want to tell everybody about you. Everyone would be like, girl, sure. This sweet idiot says, Porter says he wants to be like their marketing guy and not only that I'll pay for it let me do the pamphlets and the business cards and let me show you what I can do no you don't have to do that and I was like no I want to I have a little bit of money now he's willing to pay to make the marketing materials out of his own pocket probably on Vistaprint if you're asking me right now I mean he should (laughs) have hopefully he's not that dumb hopefully he went to Vistaprint but he's just like he can't understand why Tony doesn't want him to work for him but you know why he has the money to to do it on Vistaprint he this sweet idiot just like loves to go on bike rides around the neighborhood and he got hit by a car which ended up being quite the godsend to Porter Fisher because the Jaguar owner paid out a uh, hefty insurance settlement. So this is where, this is where like Tony pulls a Jillian and he's like, now wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You want to pay for the marketing materials and do this job for free? How about you just give me money and quote, invest in my business? Right. So the magic number is $4,000. You can be my marketing director and I'll pay you 20% return. Give me 4000 and I'll give you back 4800 I'll pay you 1200 bucks every week and in a month you'll be paid back. I was like, Okay. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Cut to journalist Tim, who's like, hey, everybody, <laughs> listeners at home, viewers at home, uh-huh. if you're thinking to yourself, this shit doesn't make any sense, he's like, congratulations. It, it doesn't. doesn't. It makes no sense at all. And just like sweet idiot Porter's like, okay, that sounds amazing. And Tony's like, but also you're not part of the team and this is not official in any way. <laughs> so shut up about it. So shut up. Shut up. <laughs> and Porter, brokenhearted Porter is like, I did a lot of work. I set up Gmail accounts. <laughs> Okay, you know, let's find out what can I do here. I set up a whole Gmail account for everybody there. Him, Ricky, his dad. I was doing things to make this business a real business. I set up at least two Gmail accounts, one for him and one for his dad, who was who was the real doctor and renting out his prescription book. Right, and he's like, he says, I was trying to make a website and all I needed from him was for him to tell me how much the packages cost. And Tony's like, well, that's a real tricky question because it depends on where you get the testosterone. And he goes, well, if we get the prescription, it costs a hundred bucks. And I was like, okay, well, what else? He goes, well, unless we get it from Oogie. 
I'm like, well, why would you get it from Oogie? Does Oogie know another doctor? <laughs> Porter, Oogie's nothing more than a glorified steroid dealer. And I was like, okay, all right. Now I'm starting to go, okay, now things are starting to fall in place a little bit. I'm going, okay, that's why there's no advertising here. Because what he's saying is like, do I get it from a doctor? Then it's this much. Do I get it from the drug dealer down the street? Right, and it depends on what you need. Is Are you a high school kid who right. your parents are garbage? <laughs> right. Are you A-Rod? Like, it all depends. So that's why, Porter, that's why you put like, inquire within for uh-huh. price packaging. And that's when Porter starts to like really, his like sweet dummy eyes start to open and he's like, oh girl, this shit was not on the up and up. <laughs> it's No, it still takes him about 16 other very shady things for him to get it. You're giving him a lot of credit. Okay, sorry, sorry. What else does he do? So of course Tony is not paying Porter. It's all promises. Uh-huh. Nobody signed anything. Porter's uh-huh. just like, okay. So Porter wants the money that he's owed and Tony's like really annoyed by this, you guys. Because Tony has a $40,000 a month lifestyle. And about $12,000 a week of that is cocaine. So like this whole time, Porter's like storming into the office, trying to get his money back, trying to like just earn his paycheck. And then all of this is being reenacted by the children, right? Yes. And we learned that Tony has a quote CFO, like a chief financial officer who we see like a picture of. And then it just cuts to like a reenactment and the kid playing the CFO, like his entire desk is covered in Tums. <laughs> that's, that's like that stomach medicine. Yeah, yeah. And every that time- like chalk? That's He's like, Jack, uh, every time we see a shot of this CFO, he's either got the Tums like stacked up or it's like spilled out across <laughs> his desk. I was laughing so hard at this part. It's so funny. The kids were so, so good in this. And the juxtaposition of like them do. I know this is the point of it, but then doing like really grown up things. And you know, the, the kid actor is like, oh, is this candy? Ugh, no, I know. gross. And just like not getting it at all is just so pure and funny to me. So now Porter has had it. Porter wants the money. He's not being paid. If I don't get my money, I'll blow this up. I'll blow this whole thing up. And you're not going to stand in my way? You guys will just be collateral damage to me. You're not going to steal $4,000 from me. I want my money. Now we see texts that Porter sent to Tony. They are amazing. (laughs) Here are some, Uh if I may. Please. Good morning, period. I want my money, period. (laughs) Couple hours later, this will become irreconcilable, period. Same text. Happy Halloween. <laughs> to reiterate, one text says, This will become irreconcilable. Happy Halloween. Ooh, spooky, Porter. You really scared me with that one. Then, November 12th, just one word, all caps money. <laughs> And Tony's like, uh, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, You could answer, right. or you could pay the guy. And then, like, according to Porter, Tony's like, I'm Dr. Tony Bosch. What are you going to do about it? Again, two unreliable narrators. (laughs) So we start to see Porter sneaking into Tony's office. And we see see him telling the story. And the little kid actor, like, reenacting it. He's hiding behind plants. He's hiding under the desk. It's amazing. And the thing is, as we're seeing the little kid actor, we're seeing all the photos that Porter actually took. Totally. So he's taking photos of the files. He's getting literal receipts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's just like, because Tony was a loudmouth. Right. He'd be like, look at this piece of paper, huh? Right. This is pretty important, right? <laughs> also, all the notebooks are over here, sweetheart. All okay. the notebooks are here. So we haven't talked about the notebooks yet. The whole thing about the notebooks is that Tony, the quote, fake doctor, mm-hmm. he didn't like have a computer system. Right. He kept all of his notes on the doping in notebooks. Mm-hmm. There's four books sitting on his desk. I open it up and I flip to one page. It had baseball players starting off with Alex. Melky Cabrera's name, Ryan Braun's name. That's a surprise. 
baseball names one after another with right there next to it said pro. Then a bunch of other names that said C-O-L. And then a bunch of names that said H-S. Hundreds, thousands of names. So it would say things like A-Rod. Underage high school kids. Right, I mean, it was so explicit. And he leaves these all in notebooks on his desk. Nothing is organized. Right. If you're going to do something like this, a criminal enterprise, yeah. you have to be super organized about right. it. And I don't You need even... a Steve. This guy would have so benefited by just hiring Steve. 100%. <laughs> Steve, please don't leave us. No. We need you. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> um, right. And so Porter is just like, wait a second. She gives everything a goof. And like Manny Ramirez comes up and all these people are just like, oh, because remember Manny Ramirez was caught and Tony Bosch was in the news, but Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett took the thunder away from him. Right, exactly. So nobody knew. So Porter's just like, I'm going to find I know what's going on with this guy. I'm going to ruin this guy. I'm going to ruin this guy. I'm going to yeah. ruin him. He's so mad over his $4,000. He wanted that $4,000, but now he is out to ruin this guy. Right. And Tony is so, so disorganized that the notebooks are missing, but it takes him weeks to start right. realizing, <laughs> which drives me. I'm no Steve, but that drives me insane. <laughs> Like, the idea of that you're doing all this illegal shit, and you're like, where's that? Uh, I'll find it later. Where's the, uh, I'm looking for the underage kid notebook. Now we're back to the reenactment. We got this 10-year-old kid in a fat suit and yeah, a wig yeah, yeah. with yeah. Tums all over his desk. Who <laughs> <laughs> are the, I want to know everything about it. I want to IMDb know, all these kids. I, I love them. They're so good at this. The Tums. It's just like, it's just perfect. So we got this guy, this like this little kid fake calling the real Porter being like, girl, do you know where Tony's notebooks are? And Porter's like, girl, what notebooks? What notebooks? Porter's just totally playing dumb. So then Tim, our journalist friend Tim, gets an email from Porter, but it's under a pseudonym because now Porter is like right. the Mission Impossible theme is playing in his head like perpetually for uh-huh. the next six months totally. while he does this. He's like, oh, he's like hiding. He's like sending the email from under a bush right. from a fake. This is not Porter at gmail.com. Because right. <laughs> Porter's like, hey, girl. Yeah. Hey, hey, my name's not Porter, right. but I have all this information. You might be interested in this because this is the guy like you wrote an article about this guy with Manny Ramirez or whatever. You might uh-huh. be interested. So Tim's like, yes, bitch. Tim, the journalist. It was like, what? What? As a journalist, I'm always immediately skeptical of people. This guy was very excited, obviously very nervous. By the end of the call, he had told me his real name so that I could check on who he was. We had set up an appointment to meet at a sports bar down in South Miami. Right across the street from Boca Tanning. So they meet at a sports bar right on Brand Porter. I see you, sweetheart. I know. They meet at a sports bar right across the street from the tanning salon. Porter. I know. I know. So Porter's very nervous and very excited. And Tim's like, yes, yeah, so you have everything. And as he's literally like, the receipts are crinkling. He's like, I have everything. Here's the originals. Like, just yep. take it all. And Tim's like, dude, what's your game here? Porter said, I don't care about Major League Baseball. I have one objective, and that is to destroy Tony Bosch. He lied to me, and I want to completely blow up this guy's life. They say this again at the end of the documentary, but you guys, we are talking about Alex Rodriguez, one of the most important sports figures of our time. I can't even believe I'm saying that with confidence. I can't either. I know. I can't either. But like this guy, Porter, this sweet dummy, all he wants is his $4,000 back from this like shady, stupid doctor in a back office in Miami. He does not realize he's about to take down Major League Baseball. He doesn't realize how deep the story goes. It's unfathomably, like it's one of the biggest stories of our time. Right. So Porter, in his infinite wisdom, 
Infinite. Infinite. Now that he's talking to journalist Tim, he decides to totally stop hassling Tony and the CFO guy for the money, which they're kind of like, oh, I'm so glad he's off our back. But then they're like, wait, why is he off our back? Like, it's very suspicious. Like, Donnie Brasco, he is not. He should have just kept up the ruse. Come on. He's just a supporter. So Tony goes to 100, right? Uh Uh-huh. And then he calls in the goons. He calls in the wise guys to go and, like, get Porter. Because he's realizing that my books are gone. My books with all the A-Rod shit, they're gone. He connects the dots. He connects the dots. Okay, okay, let me, me, just the timeline if I have it. And so what happens is, remember those goons that owned the tanning place? Yeah, who are like, don't take food off of my table for my family. Exactly. So Tony calls them and they're like, look, you know that Queen Porter that comes in all the time to to tan? Who really just loves it? And he does. He He just loves tanning. (laughs) Never in my life, but he just loves it. He's so pure of heart about tanning. He loves tanning so much. But his insides are being cooked from the outside. It's like, the thing you love is destroying you, literally, Porter. But he loves it. He loves it. So Tony calls him and he's like, look, if anyone's going to knock some sense into this idiot Porter, it's going to be you. I call them the Tanning Brothers. Yeah, so the Tanning Brothers call Porter and they're like, girl, are you by any chance in possession of those books? And did you by any chance give them to a fucking journalist? And I said, what? And he goes, are you one in a story on Bosch? And I'm like, I'm working with New Times. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Now you're going to be killed. I said, by Bosch? And he goes, no, Oogie. I go, Oogie? Why? He goes, you don't know, you know how this guy's connected. This guy is the real deal. A lot of people involved. Don't do this. You got to stop the story. You don't want to mess with Oogie. This guy's connected, connected big time. You're going to get killed if this story runs. They're basically like you and Danger Girl. Yeah. Because you will be murdered over (laughs) this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you know. And Porter's like, wait, what? I I just want my $4,000 back from Tony. I didn't know that this is kind of a rabbit hole that I've just opened up for no reason. So then like one of the Tanning brothers comes over to talk about it with Porter. So Porter? is so afraid of this meeting that he hides in the trunk of his own car with a with, gun with a gun with the tarp pulled over the car to make it look like it's just like like no one's home he's like I'm not gonna get killed in my own house I'm like well you are in Florida <laughs> So, it, anything can happen. Anything goes. So basically, like, the tanning brother goes to the door. Porter jumps out of the trunk with the gun. And they're like, bitch. <laughs> Pete shows up, and I I let him get out. I let him go to my front door, and I come up behind him. And I was like, Pete. And he's like, oh, there you are. Put that gun away. You don't need it. Let's go inside. We just came to talk. And also, don't do that, because you will get killed if you do that. It's true. Let's sit down and have a conversation uh-huh. in this swamp world that is Florida. <laughs> So they sit down and the Tanning Brothers like, look, girl, if all you want is your money, we can totally do that. Uh-huh. Give me the books back. Give me back the notebooks. I'll get your money. I'll ruin Tony's life. It's right. all good. Everybody's going to win. And Porter's like, I totally trust you, Tanning Brother. Let's do this. So he also swears up and down that he never talked to any journalists. He never sold the story. Porter. It's all good. It never happened. Meanwhile, Porter to camera is like, oh, shit. I didn't know what to do because I was going to get my $4,000 back. Right. I also knew I could not stop this story. Right. I know the story's not dead, but I'm not going to tell him that because now I'm, I'm freaked out. What am I? What? I have no friends in this situation. Pete says, just stay low. You did the right thing. You're a hero. The next day is Tuesday, and I get a call from Pete. Well, all the shit's hit the fan. 
the story's out. And I go, well, what, what do they know? And he goes, everything. The story breaks. You guys, the magnitude of how big this story is cannot be explained. In the documentary, we get five minutes of news coverage. Because the thing is, like, there's this dude on ESPN reporting it, and he is heartbroken. Because like you said, A-Rod was a god to a lot of people. But he's basically like, well, it's all over, guys. <laughs> A-Rod pissed positive and stuff. <laughs> Like he, you could see the guy is deflated. Can like, we make an acapella movie called Piss Positive? Sure. <laughs> Can Justin Guarini be in it because he has experience with an acapella musical? Justin, will you be in our Piss Positive movie? <laughs> so then like, we are learning that like since the story has come out, Porter is totally in fear for his life. Then it cuts to all these legit reporters and they're like, yeah, no, yeah, he should be in fear for his life. Right. Porter had basically gone into a complete panic after the story ran. He was concerned that uh, his life was in danger, and he was right. It wasn't just the athletes. It wasn't just the steroid dealers. It was the car bones from the tanning salon. It was the connections the steroid dealer might have had, whether it had been some kind of organized crime. It, it was relatives or fans of some of these athletes. It's not as crazy as it sounds. When, when you start to realize the scope of the story and that there were prominent people that weren't athletes, from Miami going to this place as well. Police officers, judges. So I basically shut down and I was paranoid of everybody. He's lucky he's not in a canal anywhere right now. And now Tony the Not Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, who wrote those books that Porter stole? That yeah. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Don't say he wrote a book. He scribbled a bunch of shit in a notebook. <laughs> but he, don't give him any credit. Right, he fine. wrote the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on the run, obviously, because he has, like, A-Rod, these milligrams. Manny what? Ramirez, these <laughs> milligrams. Like, his entire regimen is there. He makes a run for it, and he's like, you know, uh, kind of felt like Ray Liotta in that movie, Goodfellas. Which we see a clip of, which is kind of amazing. And he's like, without the helicopters. First of all, Goodfellas is amazing. Right. <laughs> I actually totally agree with you on that. It's so good. Yeah. I love that movie. And it's like, Tony, you're injecting also underage kids. Right, exactly. You're injecting poison into people and you're a drug dealer. So enough. But he's afraid that A-Rod's going to come after him, Major League Baseball. Like, whereas Porter has no idea the can of worms he's opened, Tony knows exactly what's in those books and what a big fucking story this is going to be. Right. And Porter kind of gets it yeah. in a little bit because now everyone's mad at everyone. The Tanning Brothers and Tony and uh -huh. Porter and, and humanity and baseball fans. Like, everyone's furious. The bottom line is that, like, everyone is losing their mind. A-Rod and his team are freaking out. The actual, like, Major League Baseball company or whatever, they're freaking League. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's important to slow down on the fact that Major League Baseball, the Major league baseball yeah. they were playing just as dirty as everybody else it is a mess and it's all about the sports and it's all over four thousand dollars yeah <laughs> and it all comes back to the four thousand dollars right this is where the story really ends like it comes out that a-rod was doping he tries to fight it he's saying it never happened and major league baseball they have to cop to like their role in illegally like soliciting these documents for what reason we don't even really know so tony like gets a slap on the wrist he's fine three thousand dollars then he goes on 60 minutes because he like ends up teaming up with mlb like everyone is so shady yeah everyone is playing dirty it's so gross and disgusting and they're still doping to this day so like what have we learned i know and the <laughs> like honestly like what is the outcome here you know what i learned i learned that these kids actors were phenomenal they were great they were all amazing the end credits are fantastic with their with the like bloopers and they're so cute i wish i heard them uh-huh in it but we just have like again birdcage music at the <laughs> end <laughs> And that's it. Do you know more about the sports? Nope. No. <laughs> no. Girl, we just spent 
so much time talking about this board. I, know. I, I cannot believe how invested in this I was. It's a very good documentary. You guys, I cannot recommend this documentary highly enough. It's a very like fun watch. And coming from me, all of you should be downloading it right this very second. Yeah. You guys, don't forget to check out the Patreon if you want like 90 full bonus episodes of Jillian and me talking about everything from the staircase to making a murderer to the jinx. The jinx. Lorena. Lorena. OJ. Casey Anthony. Madeline McCann. Is that Madonna's it? Truth or Dare. <laughs> Queen of Versailles. There's so many things we have just There's a lot. forgotten what they all are. Yeah. 90 full bonus episodes for you to get right this second. So many. The after party, which is super fun. Ad free episodes. Yeah. Just go to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or go to our website. Click on the Patreon link. It's really fun. Like, how about this? Lady Pates is the party and then there's the after party tier. Oh, but Lady Pates itself, like she is a party. Oh, I love it. And if you want to go to the after party, you can go to the after party. But if you just want to go to the party or if you don't want to come at all, you just want to stay home in yep. your PJs, girl, I am with you. Girl, same. Girl, what are we doing next? Wrinkles the Clown. I... <laughs> you guys, so Steve found this documentary. It is about this terrifying clown where... Florida. In Florida, that you can come to scare the living shit out of your kids if they're misbehaving. Yeah. But Steve, we, we, we were working today in yeah. our, our separate workspaces, and Steve was like, can you come in here, please? <laughs> and watch I the know. trailer together. Like, so we had to watch. I'm I'm. You guys, obsessed. it's truly, truly terrifying. I mean, it is truly, truly terrifying. Steve's first question was like, do you hate clowns? And I said, yes. <laughs> and he goes, come on in here. Like, Steve and Steve is on the side of the listener where it's like, if I hate it, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> so. Girl, where can they find us? Many places. Uh-huh. They're all on the internet, on the online. <laughs> One of them is truecrimeobsessed.com, where you get our episodes, our calendar, uh-huh. promo codes, merch. See us live. See we'll us be back live. there soon. The Pates. We are True Crime Obsessed on Twitter and True Crime Obsessed Podcast on Instagram. Where we're verified. <gasps> I know. Girl, where can they find me? You are verified on both things. Oh, my God. Twitter, at Patrick Hines, and Instagram, Patrick Hines underscore. And you are are also verified everywhere, Jillian with a G on all the things. Yeah. I promise we'll never say that again, but it was a really exciting development that happened last week. Uh, you guys, we love you. We love you. So you guys stick around for the trailer for... Wrinkles the Clown. Wrinkles the Clown. Wrinkles. <laughs> I know. Which I means know. he's like old and creepy. You I guys. Know, I know, I know. Aww. And then our funny and hilarious outtakes. Tim, 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 Tim. We love you. We love you. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, Wrinkles, I need you to come get these kids. I got a child that's supposed to be I found out about Wrinkles through a news story. Meet Southwest Florida's Wrinkles the Clown. Hi, Wrinkles. I'm a reporter at the Washington Post. I'm a reporter at the Naples Daily News. I've just seen your story blow up online. You can call him. He'll scare people for you. Now you've reached Wrinkles the Clown. You're scared of little people you don't know if he's trying to do this for fun or trying to kill you. It's like a boogeyman situation. Oh my god! We know that there's a human underneath, and yet you don't know their identity, and that creeps people out. You gotta be afraid of Ring. He's real. By calling him, you're essentially inviting him in into your life. You know, no one was hiring me when I was just a regular clown. I just thought, yeah, you know, maybe I'll give it a little edge. Oh, you wrinkles the clown. Leave me a message, I'll call you back. <laughs> Guys, there's somebody outside. Huh? <laughs>
going to be on Ed Sullivan. <laughs> remember when he was excited? Do Me? I remember? Do I have to tell you again about how I got that part in the high school Bye Bye Birdie and I had to quit the play because I didn't get the lead role of Albert? Look, if you haven't seen the movie version of Bye Bye Birdie with Paul Lind and Janet Lee and... Dick Van Dyke. Then I don't know what you're doing. You're clearly and Anne Margaret, like, get out of here. You're clearly not a homosexual. Honestly, stop this podcast and go watch it and get yourself a goddamn education. <laughs> so the opening credits come on, and in my notes, I'm like, oh my God, it sounds like the birdcage. I feel like I'm home. It sounds like the freaking birdcage. <laughs> uh, it made me very happy. The gay man inside you really, really is very, very close to my heart. My parents raised me right. I don't know. This is a Golden Girls deep cut, mm. but one of their friends, Barbara Thorndike, the author, uh-huh. wrote a book called um, So Dark the Waves on Biscayne Bay. Barbara Thorndike. <laughs> you guys, the get in the Facebook group if you know the Barbara Thorndike episode. It's a classic. I'm trying to think of sports things that don't sound racy, and now I can't <laughs> think of a single one. The outfield? <laughs> All right, yeah. Foul ball? Fenway Park. Designated hitter. Mm-hmm. Which should not be a thing, everybody. <laughs> right, Mike? <laughs> See, I love my husband so much. The designated hitter is ridiculous. Find out eventually that John Sakata was in on this? Listen, John Sakata, if you don't remember who he was, like, I, I don't want to say, oh. I don't want John Sakata is in this, and John Sakata was doping with this guy, and I took that really hard. I had a friend of mine in grade school, his older sister was obsessed with John Sakata. That was also me. I was also obsessed with John Were Sakata. Were you Sumit's older sister? <laughs> I don't know why we haven't been talking about damn Yankees this whole time. I don't know why we spent all, all that time on Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> Kids, what is great with these kids today? It's my Paul Lind. You do a better Paul Lind than me, which is saying a lot. (laughs) 